0: I'm Brian Costello. I'm Jim DeSanto.
1: And I am Professor Plum. Okay. No. This is an actual person. In I the know. Movie,
0: I but... thought you were going to create yeah. something. Yeah,
1: I wasn't ready. <laughs> As usual. Okay. <laughs> All
0: right. Uh, so today we are rounding out Amazon August with our fan selected film, mm-hmm. um, Clue which was recommended to us by Jamie Rogers. So we thank Jamie for recommending Clue to us. Um, But before we get into Clue, we ask the most pressing question of every episode. What are we drinking this episode?
2: Eagle Rare 10-year-old bourbon in my Uh, Widowmaker glass.
1: I, of course, have a story. Um, For my birthday, I was gifted these very old Champagne glasses that apparently came from Jim's grandparents or great grandparents. They -hmm. they are originally European. We're not sure if they are uh, British or Italian, but they're old AF and I'm drinking a dirty martini out of it in (laughs) honor of Clue.
0: I like it. A lot. And They're Jim's new beverage cool.
1: shaker makes a very, very, very cold beverage.
0: Our, did so he delicious. use any of his um, very many bitters? I didn't mm. bitter that
2: one. I could have celery bittered it.
1: Oh, a celery bitter would be delicious in this. We'll try that mm-hmm. more.
0: Uh, he made
1: me a I... double martini last night. Put me right to sleep.
0: Oh boy. Yep. Uh, <laughs> I am drinking Modern Age. Ooh, Irish, that's very noir. That's um, very. It
1: feels very thematic. Yeah.
0: Yes, which is That's from a Femme
1: Fatale. That's a Miss Scarlet.
0: Yes, which is from Faces Brewing Company in Malden. And I'd like to thank my friend Eddie Venna for bringing that to Eddie. me.
1: Eddie Venna. Good
0: job. Um, yes. So thank you. Nice uh, guy, it Eddie. is time for a fact check. First of all, everyone's favorite major. Jim, attempts to take that mantle every week with he our tries. commercial before the episode you do uh, oh, I everyone's about that. Yep,
1: it says everyone's
0: favorite it's not a major
1: turned 40 this week 40 years young can you believe it i she know did, you're all shocked
0: wasn't even aware that we were originally supposed shocked. to record on her birthday so i had yeah. to inform her i said you know take the night off probably probably shouldn't record it yeah. is your birthday yeah. tomorrow yeah, we had like,
1: a oh, lot yeah. of stuff planned mm-hmm. for the quarantine <laughs> birthday Uh, yeah. No. What did we do, Jim, on Thursday night? Um. Couldn't even tell you. Yeah. I think we drank something. Mm -hmm. I think we watched something. We ordered. We had some good dinner. Yeah. We ordered some good dinner. I had blackened mahi. I had some charred octopus. It was delicious. Mm -hmm. I got some, um, some cute little presents. From, from my daughter. She's carrying on the toiletry. Oh, I love it. These Ta- t- toiletries. Tiny, sample okay. Tiny toiletries. Sample toiletries. She well is done.
0: very funny. I appreciate her <laughs> yeah. getting in on familiar. the game. Yep, From
1: Brian Costello, I got The Female Gaze, a book about essential movies made by women. Alicia Malone, which folks were very excited to see that I'm going to read. So I am excited yeah. to read it. Also, the RBG pop I'm thrilled we explained I have to admit that my children did not know who RBG is so we explained who she was and then we were watching Dora Dora the Explorer the movie which is phenomenal if anybody has not seen it you must watch it it's so good. And one of the characters dresses up like RBG for the dance. Halloween it hits. was perfect. Yeah. You perfect. Will, you
2: will perfect. love that. Movie, oh my gosh, Brian, Brian you're right. gonna you love it, it. Where Where your it? kids will also Streaming watch it somewhere? Yes. Uh, Disney Plus. Disney Plus. Disney yep. Plus.
1: Perfect. Oh no no Hulu. 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 Oh, well, Sorry, it's Hulu. all one of them. Okay. Yep. All right. Perfect. Um so yeah, so the birthday was fabulous. Thanks. My uh the neighbor friends made me frozen fruit wine slushies. Ooh. and got me a gluten-free bunt cake from nothing bunt cake the bunt cake i mean
0: nothing bunt cake nothing Cake. that would be a great bunt cake store nothing bunt cake
1: that's what it is that's all they that, make the name that's all they that's the name the that's that's all the make name? all they make is bunt cakes but
0: yeah. is that the name of the store yeah. nothing bunt cake I nothing bunt cake do they have t-shirts uh
1: That'd we can great. find out let's That'd find out a great Tonight my folks came over. We did dinner in the backyard. Perfect mm-hmm. weather. I Tonight. love it. It was fabulous. And we'll just
0: celebrate your fortieth birthday on a grander scale 41st. when you turn forty one.
1: Or I'll just I'll just turn forty for like the next nine years. And right. we'll just celebrate every year the same number. We could we could celebrate the twentieth. Like that gets real sad when I'm, people I no. No. I was we'll just, just
0: celebrate the twentieth anniversary of your twenty first birthday next year.
1: I love it. Sounds good to me. We could do that. Yeah. Um,
0: some fact checks for last week's episode. First of all, Emil Ardolino, Yes. Um, was, in fact, born in America, mm-hmm. in New York. So he was not Italian. He He's, spoke English. He didn't even have an accent? Do we
2: know? Do we well, know I'm for sure? I'm just telling you what You're my drawing found. an inference he based on the fact that was he was born in New York. He
0: was a choreographer. Mm-hmm. Uh, before he did films, did a large number of, like, dance um. Yep. movies and films. Well, how about uh, that? Before he turned into dirty dancing, which well, I guess makes now so makes a lot of, lot of sense and then went on to make, of course, chances are. Nailed um, it. And unfortunately passed away at the age of 50 from AIDS. Yeah. Oh. I know. But so that's the real Emil Delino. I think for the purposes of our show, we will just go with our version. Who is basically Vinny
2: Vedeci from Saturday Night Live. Hey, Vinny yes. Vedeci. No. V- if, if you've never seen the skit, look up Bill Hader as Vinny Vedeci interviewing Seth Rogen. The Bear Man. The Bear Man. It is hilarious.
0: So that's what we'll go with. Uh, as far as the screenplay for Oscar, it's solely voted based upon film. Yeah. We talked about yeah. that last figured week. figured as much. Uh, how, so like, how? so Yeah. So that's how much like, is it about writing? I, <laughs> I don't know. I, I guess it should almost be. Actually, I, I did some research. When they originally started the award, it was not called screenplay. There were two separate awards. It was story. Like for coming up with the idea and writing it, and they've just combined it into one category. So basically, original screenplay. They're basically saying, "What is you know, what are the top like six original story ideas for a film?" It does make sense.
1: It makes sense that that is different than direction, right? Like the the, yeah, one hundred percent. But
2: if you're not so, my 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 point is, if you're not basing the award on the actual screenplay yeah.
1: paper yeah. then
2: you are not differentiating between screenplay and direction yeah
1: i hear you or oh, editing yes.
0: or yeah any agreed. number of things. I, I, well let's be honest it's very difficult um to pull all, to, all those individual to br- pieces to apart pull all those pieces yeah. apart yeah. at times agreed um and reminder the kyle mills vince flynn Vince Flynn book event for total power is coming. And I just have to tell you, not only is this event free. Mm -hmm. All right. Free event. But now, now, as of today, I found out if you order the book on the free link, you will also receive a signed version of the book when it arrives. I love that. Mm -hmm. I love that. And there's more. (gasps) You will also with your signed book plate and book. Receive a collectible original limited edition Mitch Rapp, Vince Flynn, Kyle Mills Christmas card that you could send to well, someone. All nice. of that. I
1: would much rather that than. This uh, event. I think I just got a President Trump email today offering me a, a, a President Trump birthday card that I could sign. Well, you see what you can somebody. get? You get
0: all that and more. And more. And more. I don't know what the more is yet, but we'll I think you got to attend the event. But wait,
1: and you'll find out. There's
0: more. Wait, if there's you more. listen to the interview, you also get a free lifetime subscription to Com Majors. <laughs>
2: are you gonna Are you gonna work work in a, a Com Majors plug? at some point during this thing
1: perhaps
0: you're just gonna have to listen jim oh, gonna
1: nice. listen. might be
2: time for yeah. us to get a t-shirt are there gonna be are you gonna open this for questions from the people that are yes. streaming in? and is it
0: yes. audio like do i talk no or... no it is it's <laughs> a <laughs> chat feature it is a chat feature well, f- that uh, yeah uh, for, right. for that reason in
1: other news i love your scooby-doo t-shirt
0: yeah it's very nice. yes brand new uh-huh. it really frames brand your new. face well done. You're looking
1: slim too, that, BC. Uh, looking slim. That
0: Claire purchased for me. Well done, Claire. Uh, dressing and then your finally, dad well. Before we go, uh very sad news, of course, mm. is Chadwick Boseman passed away, yeah. uh, who we loved uh in so many things. And I, I would say this, uh will, I think delay a little bit talking much about it because in 2 weeks time we'll be doing one of his last roles in the new Spike Lee movie um The Five Netflix. Bloods. Yeah, The Five Bloods. So we'll talk more about him uh because his performance in particular from what I've read about the film is is one of the best parts of the movie. It awesome.
1: is so sad. I I don't even know. 2020 can just suck it. Yeah. yeah.
2: So I, I mean, I'm just we... I, I forgot that. Like, I mean, his Black Panther role kind of eclipsed most of the stuff he did, but like, he was Jackie Robinson, like yep. 40, forty-two. So, he's so incredible. He he's incredible.
0: In that
1: he movie. told yeah. he told so many important stories. Yeah.
0: Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll get more to him when we do the movie in a couple of weeks. But it's very sad for his loss. Yep. Um. All right. Now it's time for Katie to clue us Ooh. in
1: Ooh. Oh. on well Clue. Done.
0: With the Rundown.
1: This is Agatha Christie with tonight's Rundown.
0: Okay, I like that.
1: A group of strangers are called to a mysterious dinner party by a buddy. They are connected by one thing. They are all being blackmailed. When they discover that their host is their blackmailer, bodies start hitting the floor. This quaint dinner party turns into a whodunit. Was it Mr. Mrs. White in the study with the lead pipe? Colonel Mustard in the kitchen with the knife? Or did the butler kill them all? Mm. Mm.
2: All I could hear when you said that was, let
0: the bodies hit the floor.
1: That's what I was oh, referencing. End well, end well done. No, no, no. Well done. Thank
0: you. Well done. Well done. <laughs> I don't even know um, who sings that. No. Clue, uh, a continuing exploration of the Commager's attempt to shine a light on what the fuck were parents of the 80s thinking <laughs> allowing their children to watch some of these I movies? I couldn't
1: take because... <laughs> my eyes off of Leslie Ann Warren's chest. Hers I
0: or just... Colleen Camp's?
1: No, Leslie Ann Warren, I felt like. I was waiting for a Janice Jack, a Janet Jackson nip slip in every frame. Like I just I was like, there's the structural integrity of that dress.
2: Yeah, the maids looked like being it was going challenged. to stay up.
1: Yeah, the yeah, maid looked fair, like she was strapped in. Yeah. Leslie Ann looked like just one tip, one little tip. The nip would slip. It was it was coming. There had to be edits to that film.
2: Jackie Childs of you. Yeah, I know, Jackie. Jackie. <laughs> One more
0: tip and a nip nip with slip. slip. <laughs> um, so Clue, a, I think, uniquely piece of 80s filmmaking in, in some ways. Yes. I, I think, um, and we could get to that as we move along throughout it. Uh, but a film that received a lot of buzz, it, leading up to us doing this, just mm-hmm. on our social media, people uh, love a, a this very movie. beloved
1: film. Do we have some metrics on this? Like, I don't, I, I don't, because I, med- I feel yeah. like it was popular when we were growing up. Like, I, I think it was, but I don't know how how it did in the box office. I think yeah. people enjoyed it in the eighties
0: yeah I mean this is written by uh, partly written by John Landis, who had done blues Brothers had done animal house i mean this all the actors of that time period weren't you know name actors or comedians that people would have known. I think by today's standards if if we were to show this to a lot of people um who are ten to fifteen even younger than that younger than us, most of the actors are probably not the most recognizable people maybe other than tim curry yeah. um but for that time period the people that are in this movie there were some very big comedic actors too. and things of that nature so jim's um, got
1: some uh yeah give us some numbers here. and audience yeah. So, reviews
0: yeah so metacritic
2: is they only have 11 of reviews on metacritic which is pretty low for metacritic so you know again stuff that was came out before the internet it's hard to g- grade on these sites but Meta the meta score is 39, which is so low, un- generally right, I mean, unfavorable yeah. for yeah. for the critics. User score is 8.5, which is universal acclaim, yeah. um, which is very consistent with Rotten Tomatoes' audience score of 86 percent. But uh, Rotten Tomatoes has uh 31 critic reviews and they're at 65 percent, hmm. so not certified fresh, but n- On the up and up.
1: I think that holds. I think this is an audience like this is a fun movie, but I don't think anybody's going to say like, this is one of the best movies ever made. You know, critically, it's I think you used a great word, Brian. This is a unique film.
0: (laughs) I don't think sometimes it's interesting with critic reviews as well. I'm not sure this is a film best digested and understood with, one viewing mm-hmm. in a theater mm-hmm. in the sense that the, I think the dialogue's very well-written, you know, I, yes. I think there's some wordplay and fit, th- but I think there's also, if you don't know where this movie's going, a lot of it will maybe wash over you and you don't grasp it until they start to pull it together at the end.
1: Yeah. It's but got a little at bit at of a point, sixth sense little, twist. Yeah, at the end. <laughs>
0: yeah. But you're a little you off You got to rewatch I I found it interesting. This was almost um, an exact opposite of how I felt from last week's film, The Big Sick, Mm -hmm. where I felt the final third of The Big Sick was probably the weakest Mm -hmm. for me of the film. This one... The final third of the film is what I remembered about the film. Oh, you know? interesting. In particular, like the last half hour, which yeah. we can maybe get to later when they yeah. go through, like <laughs> breaking it down. But I think it's interesting in the sense that it it does build and kind of go out in, in a stronger way than certain films. A lot of films have problems with endings. I actually thought well, maybe because they had three, four of them in this one, uh, you know, you could keep going and eventually somebody's going to like one of the endings. So you're OK. Maybe.
1: Yeah. I think that it does a good job of uh, introducing new information and, and keeping the audience, you know, interested, right? Like there, there's always something that the audience needs to question, uh, you know, follow the strings of that little piece of conversation in order to connect all of the dots. So I, th- I think it's, I think it's a, a, a cool movie. Like, I you know, I, there's nothing else like it. If you compare this to any other Who Done It film, um, the tone, to me, is much more comedic. Yeah, you know, you get yes. that sort of it's the game play. You know, it feels like murder mystery theater.
2: This feels like the closest film that we've done to this, besides um, Knives Out, because that that obviously the Who Done It thing is strong. Um, but like the comedy and the way it's written and sort of like. The fantasy of it, it, I think, is Princess Bride. Yeah, yeah. There's a very like strong like turn of phrase and um, kind of like the the things that the that the writers found funny were just like how people react to different things that other characters are doing and how you know this weird situation they're put in. What? It, how do they kind of?
1: Yeah, and I, I think that sense that. There, I think through this film, there's that aura of unreality. Right. right. Of, like, even though there's nothing sci fi, there's nothing fantastical in the film, it's definitely a heightened sense of reality. And so, similar to Princess Bride, I think you get the, the feeling of, you know, right. reading a book or, you know, having somebody tell you a story you don't right. think that you've just been dropped into the middle of something that's actually happening.
0: Right. Yeah. I I also, as I was watching it, wondered why people our age were maybe drawn to it because watching it this time, I can't imagine being younger and watching this and, and getting a lot of the humor. It was a very much more adult, like just the, the whole idea of blackmail. The whole idea yeah. of the sexuality of it. Yeah. Even their their jobs. Things. Like it
1: just, you're right. Like thinking through yeah. a kid's brain. I'm like, they wouldn't understand. But we knew the game, like but the game, <laughs> you're hundred percent. Right. Yeah. That's the buy-in, right? Is and that they kids do. were excited. Yeah.
0: And I think they actually, and interestingly, this- do a pretty good job of getting all the aspects of you need into the game. Yeah. In a in fairly original, interesting way. Down, down to the floor design. Right. Yeah. yeah. And, and the, insane. the,
2: uh, yeah, the, what's it called? The um, The secret, secret passageways. Yeah. Um, and I think they didn't, they, I don't know if it was intentional and it just kind of worked out in their favor. They kind of separate, like, how a person do, commits the murder from any of the motive. Right. So, like, as a kid, you didn't need to care why the person was killing them. No. It true. was more interesting like why or it was more interesting how, of like how how, and how did they get out. and how did they get away with it yes. in the moment.
1: Right. Well, right it, it's the solving the mystery. Right. So you don't the... need
2: to know that Colonel Mustard is seeing whores in <laughs> DC mm-hmm.
0: but and that uh, Christopher uh, Lloyd is almost a sexual predator. Yes, he is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, But it is, but the end part to me, as I wear my Scooby Doo shirt, is very Scooby Doo esque, which I could get kids liking, right? The running from room to room, Mm -hmm. like all those crazy things that you would see. There was a very old Hollywood vibe I think to this not only in the setting I think they brilliantly said it in McCarthyism and we could talk about how that heightens things but just that there was a slapstick element to like Pratt Falls and and the way they characterize things and stuff like that that you don't see today I mean I think the only filmmakers I could think of today that would do even attempt anything like this would be if the Coen brothers wanted to do something I don't see anybody else Doing taking a shot like this. Well, yeah, like
2: Hail this. Caesar it has a little bit of this going on. Have you, you yes, never saw I that? I haven't Did seen you? that. Yeah. yeah, and it's set in the, in the same time period, but it's LA <laughs> in the in the movie industry, and it yeah. has a little bit of this kind of slapstick.
0: It is it's a comedy, it's a great, it's a great parallel actually to it when you look at it. Um uh, I don't think done as well as this. I, I was I, I thought Hail Caesar was okay. Yeah. I don't yeah, I, I think agreed. clue's a little tighter in terms of how they do it. Um but I thought Katie when you said dinner theater, that's what I feel like. Mm-hmm. And that's where I'm slightly torn here. Uh I think this is enjoyable and great and all this type of stuff. But I also feel like it was TV movie ish. Yeah, do you know what I mean I don't oh, know yeah the direction it, is
2: not great. The shots you know, are not I, I, great.
0: Um, it's it's certainly fun mm-hmm. and like great and in particular the last thirty minutes when we I, I I think is really good the rest of it I feel is a dinner theater ask performance but I don't that could have been what they were going for in some respects so yeah. I don't necessarily want to say it's stylistically it's off because it is purposely campy obviously right.
1: I mean so you know the minute you get Madeline Kahn Tim Curry. Mike, what's his name? Mike Mc- McQueen. Mike, m- who's... Um, Steve McQueen. No. Steve McQueen? <laughs> no, what's his name? John McCain. Ah, Cooler, from Best in Show. King. Michael McKean. McKe- oh, I was so close. Michael McKean. Yeah. I um, guess that's you know. Close. So these are comedic. Even Leslie Ann Warren. You could just they, call them... Uh, these are comedic actors. So that's setting tone, right? Like you're... you're you're saying that this is this is supposed to be a fun film to watch you know
0: yeah yeah did you find it laugh out loud funny i oh i'll
2: tell you right now i always laugh at madeline Kahn when she does that (laughs) flames Flames. (laughs) on the side i don't know why that line has always made me her the and, and the fact that they cut away from her and other characters start talking and she's still going on she's like heaving breaths and like uh there's a few times where i laughed out loud um at jokes i probably didn't understand as a kid or just little turns of phrase and, and little cute writing things that i really liked especially when we get to the end and they're redoing the different endings of having different characters say the same lines as another character in a yeah. different ending and things like that, I thought were were really uh, well done. Yeah, but not laugh out loud like like seeing old school in a theater with right. you, right? <laughs> Brian, okay. Which I think we missed half the jokes. Not not
1: worrying about somebody we aspirating so on their loud. popcorn. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
0: Let's be fair. I don't eat
1: popcorn. It's a chuckle. It was it's was a pre- chuckle pretzels. movie.
2: Yeah, it, it's, it, it's not laugh out loud funny. I wouldn't say that.
0: No, but I thought the dialogue is delivered so well. Yeah. Again, but it, it I feel like you've had to see it. It's it's w- almost like the Big Lebowski in a sense that you, I feel like probably the more you see it, yeah, the more you're able to take away from it.
2: Yeah. yeah. And, and uh, so I think we should talk about the end because it's going to take us a while to kind of get through yeah. those three scenarios yeah. if we want to talk about it. But... I will say the one thing I hate in this movie is the casting of Mr. Body. That guy is awful. He's a dish rag. Well, and and it seems like it was a perfect role to bring in someone else. That was huge. Yes. That's, that's like, could you met? No, no, stop. Stop they bring in at the time was this 86 if they had like i don't know who who's a gigantic like rich who played a really good rich dickhead like at that time well ted, ted danson at night like yeah ted yeah Knight. but like,
0: i mean somebody okay, just a it's but, a cameo but basically. here's the yeah.
1: thing it's supposed to feel off why you're, because you're supposed to have a feeling at the beginning of like something here doesn't feel right. Like how is this guy like watching the interactions of him between the staff? Like something doesn't feel right. It's because he's a bad actor. No, I think it's supposed to be because he's the butler. Right. So like, he doesn't know, he doesn't know how to like command that presence of like this being his mansion and these being his servants and, you know, hosting fancy dinners. I think it's supposed to feel off.
2: It's still bad casting. All right. Because they could have found someone else better in that role, even an unknown. Okay, I just did not like that guy at all. I thought he was, I don't know. Apparently he was like the singer of some rock band or something.
0: Oh, was he? Yeah. See, maybe I don't. I don't have no idea who the guy was. I don't remember ever seeing him. All yeah. right, so let's let's jump to the end because the the it's all building up to the basically the last thirty minutes of the movie. Here we've had six people killed. They're trying to figure it out. Uh, Tim Curry, who is the opposite of the guy who is Mr. Body, yeah, is just amazing. But this is where he really takes off. In the final third, I thought he was good throughout, but I always remember this role for him being like, wow, he's so great in this. And then that final half hour comes and you're like, he is like chewing up scenery yeah. in this. And what we end up with is three endings. Right. And um, which I mean, at the time, you pro- was probably a shocking thing. The first time somebody saw it. Um But again, it's that gameplay idea, right, Mm -hmm. that you get that if you if you were playing this as Mm -hmm. a game, you would always get somebody who would try to say, oh, it was this person with this. And this is how it happened. And then you pull out the card and you're like, no, it's not. So it makes complete sense that they they would do this. But let's go through each of the endings. So we have ending number one, uh, what we'll call the Miss Scarlet did it.
2: ending. So she uh, the 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 ending here is that she uh is basically dealing in government secrets. She's and she is killing all the possible leaks. Yeah. Or or anybody that can tie her to gathering those secrets, right? Is that yeah. was that the scenario? I yeah. think so, yeah. Um yeah, uh, and she is basically a a madame in Washington, D.C., with her prostitution ring servicing, I guess, the clientele of D.C.,
1: right? Which is how and, she's getting the information. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And Yvette has
0: been involved, yes. and all these sure. other people are involved. Yeah. Uh, completely believable. Sure. I mean, that could have been the end. It makes sense. They're running around Tim Curry's delivery and the the timing. And this is again where I felt like it was a stage play because I feel like it was so well timed um they had to rehearse it and there wasn't also i didn't think the camera work like jim had hit on there wasn't a lot of amazing camera work on this it was it was theatrical i think in the way it was done Mm -hmm. uh part two or ending two because then they used a little title card which the same font as the clue game that is could have happened could have happened or miss peacock (laughs) could have been the killer.
1: But in this scenario, she she doesn't kill all of them, right? It's kind of like a domino effect of, am I right? Or am I confusing two and three? You're confusing two and three. I'm confusing two and three. So in number two, she kills everybody. Or she
0: was working with somebody, right? Was she working with one of them? And and then we get to... She was working with Yvette. Yvette. And then she kills her. And then we get to three, which is really a brilliant... Yeah. ending to end all endings this is how it really happens and it turns out that everybody they all killed someone except mr
2: green mr green
0: yeah who is including a- an fbi agent right and wadsworth was in fact cia no wadsworth was mr body mr body right sorry yep. sorry
1: in the second one he was CIA, right? Right. right. Yes. And I, I do. Lo- I love that. I mean, all the details certainly get confusing between the three endings, but there are commonalities. And so like the play of the, the police or the yeah. FBI oh. entering into the scene each time with the same music and the dog. Like, I love that. <laughs> that Giant. There's, I love like, there's like a reveal where like all the law enforcement shows up.
0: I love Howard Hessman. Uh, from so many things yeah. when we were growing up is the head chief of yeah. the FBI and, or whatever that is.
1: And Ed, Edgar Hoover has sent them, J. Edgar Hoover. Has yeah, J. Sent Edgar him. Hoover I has sent them. I love also him. his very wide tie. It's
0: a very, oh, it a great. very big the, tie. The, one of the things I did love about this movie is I thought for a film that's pretty goofy, you know, in terms of, Everything about it. They made some really great, interesting choices, you know, in terms of setting and all these like to put it in the heart of McCarthyism so that you're going to immediately if you know about McCarthyism have a sense of paranoia Mm -hmm. or that people would not trust each. Yeah. I mean, I thought that was brilliant. Uh, the costume designing, which is by Michael Kaplan, who's won multiple Oscars. And he did, you know, he's one of these guys who does like kind of revolutionary work. Like he did blade runner Mm -hmm. in terms of establishing like aesthetics for certain types of films and the set design, the fact that they were able to embody so much what people loved about that board game is yeah. is is pretty impressive actually yeah.
2: so the the game was invented
0: in
1: 1943 so wow yeah I had no idea it was that old. Yeah,
0: And it's still going strong, by the way. As I oh, wear yeah. my Scooby-Doo t-shirt, they have a special commemorative Scooby-Doo edition of Clue on sale right Our now. Our kids
1: have Clue Jr. and Ugh. they're obsessed with it. We hate playing it's it with the them. Worst. Yeah, we won't play we it because you just got to be just, older. We should just hi- <laughs> we should hide just it. It's not just that. It's like, oh, they have don't have the, They don't have the patience yeah. for
0: it. And... It's not a game for small children. No. Clue. No.
1: though it's th- it, the premise... In this one is like who ate the cake. Yeah, you gotta find
2: who ate the cake with what oh, drink. Oh, is that what it is? Yeah. Who what, ate the
1: cake? What, what drink
2: did they have and in what room? Yeah. <laughs> it's I appreciate, you know. you know. Stolen cake. Uh
0: also though I appreciate how it makes sense that this film would be made with the fear of communism yeah. and a commentary on being what's patriotic, what's it in the midst of Reagan's America. Yeah. So it worked. Like, I feel like it probably works, you know, at that time on so many levels that, you know, you're watching this and it's obviously satirical. And part of the problem sometimes with satires is if you're, if you're not watching a contemporary satire, you need to be aware obviously of the, what it's going after, but it was, I'm sure it was poking fun at America during this time period as well, you know 1986 you have movies like Top Gun, yeah. you know Rocky Four you know the, you know where every film all these films are so bent on being Americana and the fear of it, and to plug in that in a satirical way, kind of like Kubrick did with Doctor Strangelove is interesting yeah. to yeah. do that
2: Agreed. Yeah, and they—I so, they, mean—they had a openly homosexual character for the majority of the movie. You find out in the very night. end that he is not actually gay. Yeah, what was
0: your thoughts on that? I thought it was, was that- just a
2: way of being like you're all idiots for caring either way. I hope I—I mm. I, I didn't take it as I didn't find it problematic at least my, my initial feeling
1: towards no, it i mean like, and they didn't really go there wasn't no. really a um, commentary on him being gay there wasn't there was no
2: there was more commentary on like the other characters and how they reacted to him saying yeah. it like mm. um professor plum it, like gives him a weird look and like gets up off the couch yeah when he finds yeah. out he's gay well but, they right. play
0: into those stereotypes right? right and it is ironic like that all of them are judging him right when they're all pretty horrific People mm-hmm. to be fair, mm-hmm. in many right. ways,
1: right. but you can Which tell I the think... perspective of the filmmaker, right? That it's yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, that it's about the way the characters. The intention
2: respond. was that yeah. like it's not a thing that should be should matter,
1: right? Yeah.
0: Well, we've talked about this before. Houdonets are interesting in the sense that I feel like when you construct them. The ending, you have to get there and everything's in the service of that ending in some respect, right? Yeah. So you you, have to write scenes in ways that if you're going to have multiple viewings, it has to hold up Mm -hmm. or or you're just done. And maybe since this is a satire, it doesn't matter. But if it's a true whodunit, that's maybe like a thriller or a drama. If you don't have enough in there, one viewing and you're done. This holds up for multiple viewings. Why do you think they're what are they able to do that pulls that off?
2: The comedy, because I think if you really start to um analyze the whodunit nature of this, it falls apart. Like there's no there's no reason for Mr. Body to call all of them together. It doesn't make any sense. Like none of this makes sense with regard to um like motives like why would someone want all these people in the same room anyway it yeah you know, what a, what
0: are they gain what are they gaining unless situation. it turned
2: out that mr green somehow is it mr green yeah yeah uh wearing blue that was <laughs> uh if if he somehow orchestrated the whole thing i don't know it yeah it doesn't make sense like there's no world the where the
0: fbi care that right He's even blackmailing these people.
2: Right. right. Well, I guess know? because of because you know of I mean? the government secrets and stuff like yeah. that. But um, yeah, it doesn't it doesn't hold up under intense scrutiny. And I haven't even really thought about it yet.
0: Um, Is it necessary? What's funny to, no, yeah. it's funny. I mean, ultimately, and it's cute, do, do and we it's, care who who the killers are at the end? It's just kind of like, no, oh, it's more okay. of like how
2: they told it and how. I love those last three scenes. It gets into this almost meta area where in the third one, the characters are almost aware that they've been through this three times. (laughs) when they first started off. Yeah. yeah, They all scream. They're all, all their anxiety is built like over those three scenes, which is really funny to me. Like, I kind of love that idea of like, they've been along for the ride. It's, it's, it's very strange, but, but
0: it works. Mm Mm-hmm. So I made a list of 80s films we've done. Yeah. All right. That I think highlights a little bit what is different about the 80s. And I was watching, (laughs) Aileen and I watched um, the documentary on Action Park the other night.
2: (laughs) We we started it last night. We might need to add that to the list.
0: But my point is, and they get into this a little bit, where they talk about the (laughs) 80s and just like the mindset of the 80s and this desire to just people in care. There was like almost parents didn't care or executives didn't care. It was you're just going to go do what you were going to do. And that's how it is. And so here are a list of the movies we did. Uh, some of the 80s movies that I don't believe would be greenlit at all in, in a modern context. Ferris Bueller's Day Off. I just don't think uh, you pitch that to an executive. They have any interest in. That.
2: Yeah. The only reference that, that would greenlight lit like that today is saying like I'm doing a modern update on Ferris Bueller. All they and yeah. they'll be like, yeah, absolutely, let's fucking do that right now. Yeah. But if Ferris Bueller didn't exist, there's no way you could pitch that script, and it would be like, I mean, you'd have to, you'd have to have someone, you'd have to have basically Tom Holland.
0: <laughs> Otherwise, people yeah. would be like, I don't yeah. not, I don't get it. Yeah, I'm not doing. It. Uh Big Trouble in Little China. Just it, oh well, no, not... I'm
2: surprised that got greenlit back then. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Goonies. Goonies is an interesting one because I think that brings a little bit of that like Indiana Jones feel with like the traps and all that stuff, which I think it's not, it's not a ton about like child endangerment. I don't know.
0: That's a ton. It's only a little about child uh, gremlins.
2: Yeah, that would, it would have to be a hard, hard, hard horror movie.
0: And of course, katie's favorite movie the adventures of buckaroo Banzai across (laughs) where does chances are fall in this uh chances are could should be remade for every generation
1: so do we think that movies of the 80s are a reflection of the end of a period of war where folks were just happy to be alive and not being drafted anymore and they didn't care what their kids did and the studios had lots of money just make whatever I think, wanted
0: to. I think there's a few things at play here, okay. uh, which which you should watch the Action Park documentary. And it begins to hit on here. Uh, I think it's the it, it is the beginning in many cases of the expansion of the the two parent working household, you know, and as a result of that, their uh, teens start to become as the income level increases there isn't a desire to find entertainment for teens yep. and other people. And I think so it greenlights that because there's money making opportunities. Right. Or there. you can,
2: if you're a teen, you can decide
0: to run an amusement, an park.
2: amusement park because the owner <laughs> doesn't give a shit who runs it.
0: I mean, I, I can't we ha- we stress to do enough. It. We have, to, I can't stress enough that people should watch. We have, to
2: add it to we, we have a
1: person. Who we can be a our... Tom
2: Gibbons had been there.
1: Yeah.
0: Many Why? times. Many times. Patty Costello went to action Amazing. park. Amazing. She took her child to action park. Patty Is... Costello took her child to action park. You? There Not a... me. Was there I would go there. Are you Sean? crazy? Sean. She, she took my brother Sean to Action Park. Wow. What? It explains a lot. She might have been trying to get rid of him. <laughs> I'm just, uh,
2: <laughs> Did she know. make them go down the loopy slide even when it was closed?
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> go down that alpine run. Lacerations. <laughs> I uh I remember the Axe Park commercials, but I also think one of the things that was hit on in that is there was a monetary explosion for entertainment. Like you're saying, Katie. Mm-hmm. People were wanted they had money, they wanted to be entertained, and people were just Cable willing. TV. W- <gasps> yeah, people were willing to take chances yeah. in ways they had not taken it before and this is like a, one of the examples right we're gonna make a board game movie we're gonna make a movie about gremlins we're gonna make and yeah. i don't think studios and maybe this will change now with like netflix making more movies um and amazon making more movies and hulu making movies that will start to get back to places making interesting choices with films like this.
2: Patty said it was a frightening place. She's in yeah. the chat.
0: I remember the commercials. Well, um, there is a com-
2: you can see the commercial in the
0: show. Yeah, they used funny. to run them by my house all the time in New York. They, yeah, we, we would ne- which is funny, we would never we get that, that far. Never. We would get it all the time.
1: Yeah.
0: But I I I do think that there's there's risks there's risks that they're willing to take in the 80s. Oh, that, yeah would not be taken now um, in, in terms of, and I also think who do you market? A lot of these eighties movies um, are, you know, who's clue marketed to in 2020? Like, I don't, I don't know. People that this watched is, in
2: the '80s. That's it. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah, but that's. But my point is, if we were doing a modern retelling yeah. of this, this is not a PG movie. This is not a movie that you know kids who are ten or twelve years old in 2020 are going to be watching like we watched Clue in the mid '80s. So yeah. I, I, I think there's. It's interesting in terms of, you know, who they do. I have to say, obviously, the there's a lot of Knives Out that yeah. was inspired in them. I do think knives out is just better than this movie. I, I enjoyed it more and other people might right. think it other way, but one of the things I liked knives out, we talked about at the time was they weren't as concerned necessarily with the who-done-it in the sense, because they tell you who actually kills him. You know, what was behind right. that death is saying, um, so I think maybe if you go a little bit more dramatic, which is what knives out is the story of how that comes about is more important than in this film. Again, right, I think this right. film that is less as a comedy or a satire. It's less of a payoff needing to be there.
1: Right. Um, I, I think of, when you watch knives out, you get, you get that this is supposed to be a more, um, I don't know it, beautiful you know it's trying to elevate the art of the whodunit right so it's it's trying to play it to a higher i don't want to say audience but it, it's just it's it's more real right? right it doesn't right? have that
0: that detached feeling that yeah, this movie like, was supposed even to though
1: clue is supposed to be taking place in a mansion with this you know, upper echelon of, of people. It's a movie for the masses that like clue is like for everybody, like yeah. everybody, like clues, just, it's funny, you know, everybody's going to like, like clue. A,
0: it literally is a Scooby-Doo episode with real people minus Scooby yeah. and Shaggy. Yeah. yeah. Yep. I mean, that's what it is, but it's endearing. That's what these movies are. I guess I, as you transition into the nineties and before the show started, Jim and I were talking about this because I had just watched Clueless recently. Um, as you start to shift into the 90s and I think in 2000s, I don't find when you talk to people who are younger than us at times as many attachments to films they maybe watched as kids, as kids of the 80s do. Uh, um, no, but yeah. It, and which that is happens. interesting. I, I'm not sure what... What that's about, but maybe the films weren't as memorable. I no, don't and know I, what it is. I think it's
1: just that we watched a heck of a lot more TV than no. prior generations.
2: No, I think we watched a heck of a lot more of the same shit over and over again. Okay, because because of ECRs, started, but there's the, a difference, it, it, and, and and it happens the same. The same thing happens with music. I don't think my brother and sister, who were ten and twelve years. You know, 12 and 14 years younger than me have the same relationship with music because they had so many more options. Same with TV. Like, we, we know clue. I know clue because it played on whatever stations I had all the time. And we had, you know, in our collection of VHSs, we had 20 movies to watch, right? And it Mm -hmm. took up a whole shelf now we have thousands and we don't have it doesn't need any space so like we were more likely to repeat viewings of things that we found even mildly amusing and you know we made memories around them you know
1: yes but i also think i, I don't know may, maybe this is just my perception it's not really based on any reality but i think that kids of the eighties spent a lot more time with the TV than kids of the seventies and prior generations. Oh, like, that's well, I, would, I think I, that I there would was agree a shift in. Talking, we're talking th- about that's
0: after, Uh-oh. after that Uh-oh. moving forward, uh, before yeah. that, I completely agree, Katie, because maybe that's why we were the first generation to have that attachment though, because prior to that, you know, that's pre HBO, pre VCR, you saw a movie in the theater. The only time you're going to see it is if they re-released it or if that one of those six cable channels that existed would put a movie on. So that that's Prism. absolutely true. Right? Prism, Prism always had early. movies. Yeah, but when did Prism start? 80s. Exactly.
2: It was the first cable so,
0: station. Yeah. So my point is, you weren't a kid of the 70s or say You weren't getting to rewatch these things unless you had a projector at your house, which probably very few people did that could get prints of movies. Where do we put this in the kind of the, the pantheon of 80s films? Is this kind of slightly memorable, but not an all-timer? Yeah, what do you think?
1: yeah. I don't think anybody's going to bat Saying like Clue is the best movie of the '80s. I I don't think there's many folks who are going to put it at the top of their list, but it That's might in the middle. It me. might yeah, it might show up on their top ten. You know, I I do think it was a memorable film of the '80s.
2: It definitely would not be in my top ten of the '80s, but it, it, it was it,
0: it, a good time. Yeah. I think it was. I think it was probably on par or equivalent to the big sleep in terms of the impact it maybe will ultimately have with it enjoy watching it uh i i would some point come back to it and watch it again and that's where i'll leave it i don't yeah. think it's bad i think it's enjoyable yeah. i think there's some great performances in it and i think it's a film that has emotional attachment to it for people if you remove that emotional attachment it turns into uh yeah okay great i'm I'm glad i saw it
1: no and i think you're right i think because it has it has ties in a few different ways so obviously there's the, the tie to the board game um i think a lot of these actors and actresses were beloved like i you know really yes I I just I don't I feel like a of lot that, of them were on Hollywood of that squares. generation. <laughs> no, so so like Leslie Ann Warren was Cinderella was in the Happiest Millionaire. Like she was like a child, like not a child, but um, a darling of Hollywood in her twenties. Um, Madeline Kahn, you know, like yeah, the Young Frankenstein. Right. Similarly, Tim Curry, people were wild for, and I mean, he was one of those like Broadway stars that that ended up having a, a film career. So I think that there there were a few things going on with this movie. Um I also think we've talked about the the love of the detective story and um this was a twist on the way that that often went, right? The, mm-hmm. the like adding that humor into it and not just having it play out like a Perry Mason special or an Agatha Christie who done it um made this something new and cool you know it was it was something that i don't think had been really done before can what can no, you compare no. this to
0: no i don't i mean we probably have to go back to maybe films of the i don't know if they did something in the 50s we should probably or make our like
2: own this, movies but, about no no board
1: games no you know i don't know if you would compare it to like the pink panther like pink panther was definitely a you know, more of a humorous detective, but a lot of those were shorter form, right? Like, like a lot Fletch. of those were TV shows. Well, oh, so. Fletch is so good. Anyway, uh, well, I think listen, people love Clue. A,
0: yeah, people love Clue. It's on Amazon. Maybe play the game. Maybe not play the game. Mm-hmm. Um, don't play the game with the young. Don't children. play with the kids and uh, check it out. All yep. right, time for game of the week. <laughs> Alright, here we go. Game of the week. This week we're playing Just Pitch It. I want you to give me a board game. Mm -hmm. Turning it into a film. Mm -hmm. Who is starring? Who is directing? Who wants to go first? Katie does, apparently.
1: Katie's going first. The Game of Life. One of my favorite board games as a child. We have the Minions version. Um, You know, because we're fancy. We are going to create this into a film. That's going to go a little bit noir, a little dark. Okay, maybe a little sci-fi. So we're going to have, yeah, yeah, we're going to have Jordan Peele as the director. And the premise is, you know, you can you can go about life making your own choices, or you could decide. um, Somebody else could probably do a better job of of creating some sort of a life for me cuz things are not going very well mm. at, when i'm in charge of my own destiny. Okay. So, you know, if i sign up for this program, they're going to give me a spouse and maybe some kids but and, it's just a little and peg with a job it's yeah. just going to be a stick this with a dystopian. Yeah, like dystopian. Yeah, it's very dystopian. Um, you know, and then we'll we'll see we'll see how the dice Roll or the little spinner, spinner spins. spins. Yeah, that's yeah. Yeah. I love that sound. Nice. The the sound of the spinner. Yeah, that could be part of the not, audio on the trailer. Not assembled. I should do it. Mm-hmm. All right. So my actor will be uh, William Jackson Harper, who we enjoyed in Midsummer, who is also. What's his name on Cheedy? Cheaty on yeah. the Good Place. We like him.
2: He uh, does do. So the Good Place has a very much that vibe, right? Yes. Of like, yes. Of like a, a fake, simulated exactly world. Yeah. And then Whoa.
1: playing, you know, the the basic white Karen uh, Reese Witherspoon. It's just always plays the shit out of a white lady. She plays the shit out of a she, white she lady. So um,
2: there you go. The game right. of life. I'm going with Mousetrap. Oh, Whoa. starring Josh Gad. Yes, love it. Directed by a it, it, the easiest choice here, and I can't. I it basically pick anybody else is Lord and Miller. It has to be them doing this. I love the it. guys who did the Lego Movie.
1: Oh, very nice.
2: And other things. Will
1: this be live action or animated? So- oh,
2: animated. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I just I imagine little... Josh Gad being the mouse. He's the mouse. mouse. He's he's the mouse. mouse. Yeah, I love it. Yes.
1: Just trying to get mm-hmm. through life mm-hmm. without getting stuck.
2: He, maybe he's the guy that jumps from into the bucket. Mm. Maybe he's that guy.
0: Ooh. I like that. <laughs> what a great choice. I have a little write-up for mine. Can oh. I
2: read it? Uh, you can read. Here we go. I didn't know you could read.
0: Sorry. Ooh. The Game of Sweet Revenge a new erotic 90s-esque thriller from the writer of Labyrinth.
2: How do we get you not to say erotic anymore?
0: (laughs) And the director, and directed by the ghost of (laughs) Emile (laughs) Ardolino. Timothy Chalamet and Michael Jordan are newly married hedge fund brokers. Michael
1: B. Jordan or Michael Jordan? Uh, (laughs) Michael Jordan,
0: the basketball player. The basketball player, (laughs) kid. Reese Witherspoon, <laughs> oh, as your basic white upper middle class yep. divorcee mother of three. She does so mm-hmm. well. Holly Hunter as the widow of a tech billionaire, and I'm tying it into our last just pitch it pitch. And Richard Grieco as a wine bottle artist recovering from a freak glass blowing factory yes he accident. Is. What happens when someone in a gated community turns to murder to enforce the HOA?
1: Oh my god.
0: Sorry. That
1: is very, uh, that does feel very Reese Witherspoon and, uh, (sighs) Sharp Little Objects. No, I'm confusing the two things. Anyway, her That's most the recent... Amy Adams
0: one, yeah. Yeah, her, uh, mo- her most recent. Big Little Little
1: Fires. fires. No, big it's Little, little Fires oh, little Everywhere.
0: Fires. Big, big Little Lies. White too, women killing other white there's women.
1: There's too many three-word miniseries on lot HBO. A lot
0: of ones where Reese Witherspoon plays a middle-class white mm. woman.
2: Yep. A lot of, lot of white woman hate going on in the...
1: Uh, Passive-aggressiveness. Yeah. Passive-aggressiveness. Oh, yeah, yeah.
0: They're on the Moms Club Facebook pages, yeah. just building up that rage. Shop mm-hmm. for those wasps. All right, time for five questions. You want answers? You want answers? Yeah. I want the truth! It makes you man, Mr. Lebowski? What the fuck is the internet? Why? Huh. All right, here we go. Five question time. Jim is answering this week. First, thumbs up, thumbs down. Question, of course. The amazing Howard Hessman uh, was the chief at the end of this. Uh, A lot of us know him from Police Academy too. Mm -hmm. Or probably not that Uh, WKRP in Cincinnati. Yes. Okay. How about one of his other famous sitcoms? A little show. called head of the class hbo abc sitcom thumbs up or thumbs down on head of the class
2: thumbs up i had to to be honest i had to google it okay but i immediately as soon as i saw the one guy getting accosted by a girl scout for not paying her money and eating the cookies and then i saw the dorky guy who i forget his name arvid Coming into Arvid, the yeah Arvin yeah, coming Arvid. into the classroom, I knew it exactly, and I was like, oh yeah, I watched a lot of this show.
1: I confused that with Welcome Head Back, Cutter. Cl- oh. Welcome Back, oh.
2: I confused mm. just because of the name for a second with Herman's Head,
0: ah, in, which yes. is another show, one. which yes. I was a Fox show.
2: Does it is the same guy in it? Is 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 the mm. one guy? One of the people yeah. in his head, like, I think so. Yeah.
0: yeah, I think he is actually. Uh, and
2: Lisa Simpson is in Herman's head. Who are, yeah. her voice is mm. one of the yeah. or Bart, so,
0: not Lisa.
1: Bart. Welcome back, Cotter. Was the seventies and yes. head of the class was the eighties. Eighties, yes, yeah. And then Saved by the Bell came along. Yeah, Just your your yes. school school sitcoms. Yeah, through yeah. the decades. Go. There you
0: go. Uh, all right, question two, Jim. Would you rather play
1: Monopoly
0: or Scrabble?
2: Oh, so this is tough, but. I will say it depends on the mood I'm in. If Ooh. I want to be challenged, I play Scrabble mm-hmm. because my skill set is way more in line with Monopoly manipulation, <laughs>
1: lying, all that. I was going to say, to me, this is an easy answer. It's, it's Monopoly. Because I do we like have, Scrabble a lot, though. I, I, you know how much I love Scrabble. Yeah. And I always feel like if I ask you to play Scrabble, I'm going to be like... Do we even have twist- Scrabble? Yes, of course we have Scrabble. We have it in two forms. Okay. Well let's play I think you should play Scrabble before Scrabble. our next
0: episode and see who wins. Okay. I would
1: love it. No, Jim's no, really good say, at rocking those points. He, I, I will say
2: he, yep, I have a strategy <laughs> of like of playing Scrabble <laughs> that has nothing
1: to do with making words.
2: It has okay. everything to do to, from keeping the other person from being able to score okay. and it works incredibly well.
1: Yeah, he's, he's very good with strategical yeah. maneuvering.
0: Okay, so you two will play and we'll find out who won. Jim, if you were a fill in the blank question, if you were a character in Clue, what would your name be? Uh brother bourbon. Oh. Oh, that's I'm, not a I, color. A no, monk. I know, but
2: yeah. No, it's like yeah, it's like a brown.
0: No. Yeah. Friar Bourbon. Brother Beige. Fry- brother Beige. Ew. Brother Beige. <laughs>
2: <laughs> brother Brown. No.
0: Brother Well, hey, that would work. <laughs> <That's> not- <laughs> uh, <laughs> brother Brown. Sounds like a South Park character we didn't have. It, it, it like kind of does. Um all right, question four. Favorite question. What is your favorite? drinking game.
2: Oh, I mean to piggyback on number 2, it's asshole because of the strategic nature of mm. that game. It was always my favorite to play. But beer pong. Oh, but beer pong man. I was actually pretty good at beer I pong. I love beer pong.
1: I love I love the uh activity. Uh, you know
2: what's funny is like I know it's a drinking game, but I when you say drinking game, I always I don't think of beer pong for some reason.
1: Interesting. It's exactly
2: more of what a
0: competition, is, I feel like. Beer well, it's a sport,
1: let's yeah. be honest. It's a sport, I think. <laughs> They're adding <laughs> it to the Olympics this year.
0: <laughs> they, they put, more people would watch if they did. <laughs> That'd be hilarious. Uh, and finally, deep, deep thought question. What is the worst Ooh. party you ever attended? I thought... Why was it so bad?
2: I thought about this forever, and it's... I mean, like, I don't really remember...
1: I feel like we probably... Bad parties? Put bad parties from our memory yeah i the JVC philly party that was a good part <laughs> well we, yeah. made, we made it good yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, i have
0: that a that feeling maybe part, it wasn't was, very good that, until, until that, that, <laughs> that was some party <laughs>
2: yeah. um yeah I, I was gonna ask you guys i can't remember going to a party and being like we need to get the f out of here ever
1: uh, maybe, oh, I, Lori, I, maybe Lori's thirtieth birthday that was uh Oh, we talked about with the camping downpour in the We did talk about but, it. I that. That wasn't
0: really a
2: party. Right. It was um I will say that there was a party in college where I literally walked in, took off my jacket, the police came in and gave me a that's, citation that's within a like thirty seconds of being there. Uh it ended up getting tossed out or whatever, but like yeah that was that was bad but it wasn't a good dinner your
0: dad came up and argued your case and he took us out to texas roadhouse for dinner after though so i think that was a plus all right there we go that is five questions for this more
2: about that day than i do that steak was imprinted on you i bet you probably had a burger actually
0: no i would get a steak i think ketchup
1: (laughs) nothing wrong with ketchup all Um, right are you going back to school brian what's going on
0: Yes, this week.
1: Yeah.
0: N- no students for two, right. three weeks, but I will be back. Uh, but most importantly, we will be back mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. with our second birthday episode, celebrating our second birth, and the kickoff of season three of Com Majors. Oh
1: my gosh.
0: And for such a exciting, unique event, there's only one person we could have come Jimmy.
1: Costanzo. Oh, no, you, Huey Lewis. Huey, Lewis. Huey Lewis and Jimmy Costanzo.
2: Wow. No, most of you don't know that Jimmy Costanzo sings back up on that
0: track. <laughs> yes. So he's going to be, and we are going to be talking about a little 1980s independent film back to the future. Woo. Yeah. Very excited.
2: Just to close up our 80s conversation with, you know, thinking of back to the future, the 80s were like the last time I feel like people were taking gigantic swings and chances with movies mm. and getting a shit ton of money to do it. Yeah. It's so very, like it's very smart. Clue. Yeah. Like, You're right. Yeah. And then once it got into the 90s, the movie business became more about like not losing money than making a ton
0: of money. Listen again, watch Class Action Park. Yeah. And you will realize that giving money to somebody to make a movie was not even close to the worst idea yeah. that was taking place during this time period. Yeah.
2: Watch it. All right.
0: Um, all right. Make sure you like, should, uh, subscribe, share. review, share, et cetera. Make sure you check our friends at Pop Addle Tim and Keenan out. Uh, and we will return next episode, of course, with Jimmy, with Huey Lewis going back in time.
1: Adios. Bye, everybody, everybody. Bye. Bye, commenter.